1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. And now it's time for a deep south legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan.
2: Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Appreciate you joining us Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. And appreciate Heath Klein stepping in yesterday. Checking in not 100% today, but we're going to give it a go. See how this works out. DT, you're on standby, right? Yep. See if we get, get through back. this. Yeah. I came down with, uh, you know, Friday, Radiothon Day. And by the way, thanks to everyone that contributed to our leukemia lymphoma radiothon this past Friday. We uh, certainly appreciate it. Came down uh, where I, I just lost my voice on Friday. You were a warrior. Showed up anyway. Yeah, so you know I couldn't miss out on that. I mean we had a 22-year uh, I will say when I heard, 22-year streak going on.
3: When I heard Friday morning that you weren't going to be there, I, I was I was pretty. Sorry. It's not. Like you you weren't just taking an
2: early weekend or anything because that's a special day for, your, for you as it is for everybody around here. So I'm thinking strep throat is what I was thinking on Friday. Yeah. So I go to the doctor Friday. They said, no, uh, no strep throat. That's good, right? But uh, this is the the uh, worst cold I've ever had. So Are we settled it out this weekend. Took President's Day off. Appreciate Heath Klein stepping in. That's what it was. You were celebrating President's Day. We well, forgot about that. Did everybody show up for work yesterday? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so we took President's Day off, and we're going to tough it out today. So that is uh, DT, our engineer, uh, Road Dogg Gillespie in the house, our producer. And uh, what do you say we get to work? Fox Georgia and Kirby Smart are suddenly in the market for a new wide receiver coach after Brian McClendon jumped at an opportunity with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the weekend. One thing is for sure, as I know it, Kirby has a very impressive A-list of candidates to draw from. And the hire should happen quick with spring practice just around the corner. Kirby's options look a little like this. All right, number one could promote from within and hire Brandon Streeter, the former Clemson offensive coordinator who was in Athens last season as an offensive analyst. So he could uh, go Brandon, Brandon Streeter here. He could hire former Georgia quarterback Joe Cox. Right now, the Ole Miss tight end coach who's been at Alabama. And he coached receivers under Mike Bobo on his staff at Colorado State and with Mike at South Carolina. Joe Cox would be a good hire. He could bring back former teammate Hines Ward, bring, uh, bring Hines on back home to Georgia. Hines has been an XFL head coach, a wide receiver coach at Florida Atlantic, and an assistant coach with the New York Jets. Hines Ward, that would go over big. Talk about a splash hire. Then you got Terrence Edwards, the most productive receiver ever at the University of Georgia. No one put up the numbers Terrence Edwards did. Terrence was an assistant uh, passing game coordinator for the state champs Milton High last season. He's also knee deep in the recruiting scene, working with many of the top wideouts uh, in Metro Atlanta and the state of Georgia at his wide receiver academy here in Atlanta. Terrence also worked at the Buck Blue quarterback receiver camp. Yeah, I got to plug it, right? Look, the Georgia wide receiver room is loaded with talent. So this is an attractive job that pays roughly around $700,000. So a lot of people are interested in this gig. Now back to Brian McClendon. Does he know that Mike Evans' days as a Buccaneer receiver are likely over and looks like he's going to be hitting free agency? Did anybody tell B-Mac that, uh, that Evans is leaving? And are you wondering why Brian McClendon would leave Georgia for the Buccaneers job? Well, i got two reasons. All right, number one is you look at Brian McClendon's resume. He is building a very impressive resume. That will lead him to a head coaching job very, very soon. He's done all you can do at the college level. And uh, the only thing missing from the resume is some NFL experience. And so uh, I'm very close to the McClendon family. I mean, we got I knew Brian when he was in diapers. Very close. I was a teammate of his dad, Willie McClendon at the University of Georgia. Willie and I played together in the USFL in Jacksonville, and then we also coached together at Valdosta State on the same coaching staff there. So I've known he and his family for years and years, very close to the McClendons. Brian, his hopes and dreams are to be a big-time head coach, and this is another step in the process to making that happen. Then the other thing is the NFL work schedule is not as severe as the current never-ending year-round college season. So this is a trend now. You're seeing a lot of these coaches making the move to the National Football League. And if the, if the truth be told, I bet B-Mac is a little worn out the way Kirby's been pushing him during that two-year run over in Athens. So a lot of people are going to be interested in the job. A lot of quality candidates Don't look for Kirby to be wasting a lot of time before making a big-time decision here. And look, I know a lot of the fans, uh, it seems like out there on social media, and, you know, it's just uh, really predictable. A lot of the fans want to go with a big-name guy, like, get Heinz Ward back in here. Well, is he the best fit? Kirby probably looks at it a little bit differently than some of the fans out there. And as Heinz... You know, is he at a point in time where he's ready to put in those 18-hour work days? I'm just wondering. So a lot to consider here. And uh, wishing Brian McClendon the very best with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, except when they play the Falcons. But uh, wishing him the very best. We'll see what's popping out there. Let's find out
1: what's popping
2: all right, the Atlanta Braves today. First full squad workout. And our first spring training game is going to go down on Saturday. So we are underway. Spring training is here. I, You know, the pitchers and catchers, when they show up, is sort of a warning that's about to get underway. But when the entire team's there showing up, you know baseball season's here, brother. First full squad workout today. I always look forward to seeing it. it. used to be Bobby Cox and now it's Snit. They will gather the entire team, gather out. Uh, Bobby used to do it at Disney out in Centerfield and give them a little pep talk, a five-minute pep talk. And I think the facility is a little different at Northport. Probably able to do this indoors. But I'm sure Snit is welcoming everybody back and telling them it's time to get to work. Braves' first full squad workout today. Hey, did you catch that Daytona 500 finish last night?
3: I actually tuned in just in time to see the uh, the big one, as they say, with what? I don't know, about 10, 10 laps left.
2: It was yeah, fun. I'll tell you, my timing's impeccable. Yeah, did you, did you tune in right at the right I time? Tuned yeah. in, uh, I tuned in right when they had the restart with, what, four to six laps oh, left. Oh, yeah, there you go. It came out. Yeah, it was. Uh, the and I'm thinking, this up. is all I need to see. You know, see it's like the last,
3: the last two minutes of a tight NBA of, uh, game.
2: Laps, I called Rat, Rat, come on up here. See the uh, finish to the great American race. It was tight, though. It was fun. Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, perfect timing. Awesome. Ended with a bang. Had the restart, I believe, with four laps remaining. And William Byron driving that 24 Chevy. Remind you, Jeff Gordon led that inside lane, that inside line, took it straight to the checkered flag, and I was a little confused. I, I didn't know if there was one lap left or that was the final
3: lap. I mean, even the guys who knew racing were confused. It was that close to the to the start finish line as they were given the white flag to signify the final lap. And once the white flag comes out, it from my very limited knowledge, I mean, that's pretty much means it's white or it's its final lap. So whoever's leading as they crossed gets the victory under caution, which is a little anticlimactic, but it's pretty fun to have
2: some wipeouts going as they're uh, crossing for the fir- for the final lap. Yeah, Rhett made two comments. One was he found it interesting that William Byron cut his teeth in this racing thing on video games. That's big for the guys. It's simulations. The guys have been doing that a lot more lately. And it, it's funny that, to think that a guy could start his career doing that now. And then Red also finding uh, finding it intriguing that the biggest race of the year is the first race of the year. I always thought that was funny yeah. too. Yeah, he finds that a little odd. Yeah, the Daytona 500, man. And uh, look out Monday, man. We're going to be all over this NFL Combine too. It gets underway in Indianapolis on Monday. Each team has uh, a maximum of sixty interviews with a maximum of 15 minutes on each interview. Sounds a little bit crazy. I mean, can you really get to know somebody in 15 minutes? Seriously. 15 minutes. Seems like a waste of time. Then you got the physicals and the injury evaluations. That's for some of these guys the most important thing. Especially Mike Michael Penix Jr. Very important for him. That's,
3: uh, I know you're a big fan, and I, I he's obviously a good good football player. Gets rid of the ball so quickly; he's very accurate. But that's the biggest red flag. It's scary. It seems like he's missed uh, missed as much time as he's as he's played. It seems like in his college. He's career. going
2: in the first round. Oh yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah, there you go. And then you get the skill position players. Oh, so well, you you got Running backs, round. receivers, cornerbacks. Defensive backs, 40-yard dash is huge. What's going to be your time there? Especially these two Georgia running backs, Edwards and Milton. It's going to be huge for them. The linemen, the linebackers, tight ends, that bench press is a big, big deal. So the combine getting underway on Monday.
3: How many reps of 225 were you putting up back in the day, Buck?
2: I didn't put a premium on that playing quarterback. wasn't as important for you, I guess, yeah. 12 to 15, I think it was. Really? That's a good number for a quarterback, yeah. Wow,
3: are you kidding me? They used to laugh at me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. For the big boys, that's nothing,
2: but... Yeah, I was at the end of the row. Uh, yeah, it'd be a row where they'd start with the strongest all the way down to the punters. I was getting to know the punters down there. So so you were ahead of the punters. At the end of the road. Yeah, well, I was at the station next to the punters. (laughs) Never thought that was a a big deal for the quarterbacks. All right, coming back on the other side, uh, Braves. We got Nick and Chris down at Braves Spring Training. We're going to dive into some Braves talk and chop it up. Plus, I got a big need for the Falcons that nobody's talking about. And Chip Towers will hang out. We'll talk to Chip during the Bulldog beat about this wide receiver job and what's going on with that men's basketball team. Got the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
0: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
2: 680 The Fan Studios in the Battery Atlantis. The Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. We are streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and watch. I'm in all uh, all Adidas today. Fennerin was very impressed. And they got that fan mobile app. Hey, you can live in Hawaii. Hello, Chad. Aloha. Listen to the show anywhere, anytime, crystal clear. On our fan app, and that is driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming, Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. We were there on Friday for a radiothon. Road Dog had his own desk in the showroom. There, it was very impressive as we uh, raised some money for a great cause. We appreciate you. if you joined in. We appreciate you uh, very very much. All right, we got brave spring training underway. Uh, Nick and Chris are down there in the middle of it. Let's let's chop it up a little bit. For the biggest on the Braves, it's time to go chopping. Yeah, I want to talk about the Braves second baseman. You know, if you pushed me into a corner and said, below who's your favorite Atlanta Brave?" I'd say Ozzy Albies. Nailed it, Buck. Good job. Telling you, man. And Ozzy, I believe, is probably the most underrated atlanta braves player and let me give you an example as to why i believe that mlb network last month came out with a top 10 second baseman in major league baseball a list of the top 10 second baseman in major league baseball and i thought it was unbelievable that ozzy Albies was not on that list unbelievable And, you know, I continue to wonder why that is. Because I've got Ozzy as one of the top five second basemen in Major League Baseball. So where's the disconnect? What am I missing here? Well, number one, I think it's ignorance. And I don't believe it's on me. I think the ignorance is on them. These MLB network analysts, whoever they might be, I think they're hiding. They're not handing out those names on exactly who came up with the list. But I don't believe outsiders outside of Braves Country. I don't think most of these so called analysts or writers see the value of Ozzy Albies like we see it as a member of Braves Country. The, uh, The outsiders don't see the energy that he brings to this team every single day. He's upbeat, he's competitive, he's fun. And you can't put a price tag on that during a 162-game season. I mean, he's got an uplifting personality, a real team guy. And these outsiders, these knuckleheads with the MLB Network, I'm, I'm surprised DeRosa doesn't have these guys straightened out. They're just ignorant is what they are. Let me just put it out there. Ignorant. All right, number two, and, and I've done a little research on this. Some of these some of these uh, outsiders believe that, well, Ozzy he's way too aggressive in his approach at the plate. He chases way too many balls out of the strike zone, and so they're turned off by that. Well, were they paying attention last season? Because last season. The rep is that he chases too many breaking balls out of the strike zone. Especially as a left-handed hitter. He's a switch hitter. And look, 80% of the time he's hitting left-handed because 80% 80 of the time he's facing right-handed pitching. And the breaking ball, he has a tendency to chase. But a year ago, had the best rate that he's ever had in his career against the slider. He chased it only 21% of the time. So he's improving there. He's gotten better. Maybe these guys aren't paying attention to that. He also hit the breaking ball harder and struck out less than any other time in his career last season. Again, he's gotten better. He's improved. He's probably listening to Wash. And then number three, I've heard some criticism on Ozzy about his arm. It's not elite. Doesn't have an elite arm. You see, a lot of these second basemen, they got hoses, man. And Ozzy doesn't have the strongest arm out there. And some question his defense. It's not elite. I'll tell you what. These guys need to start paying attention. I mean, let me throw some of the numbers out there. 33 home runs last season. Number two among second basemen. Number two. He was number one out of the second baseman with 109 RBI. Number one. Number four in runs scored with 96. Number six, if you like the advanced analytics stat, how about the war stat? Number six among all second basemen. Number five in hits. Number four in doubles. You see what I'm saying? How is he not a top 10 second baseman? Now, I talked with Joe Simpson about this over the weekend, Braves Hall of Fame announcer. And he says, Buck, I don't care if you tell these people on Monday or Tuesday when you go back on that these people with the MLB network are just ignorant. And I said, yeah, Joe, you tell them, man. I'm going to tell them exactly that. Talk with Jeff Francoeur. In fact, uh, my podcast is up right now, Bucks Beat. It's a Braves preseason preview featuring Jeff Francoeur. Listen to what Francoeur said about Ozzy not being on this top ten list. It's unbelievable,
5: man. I, I continue to say he's one of the most underrated players in all of baseball.
2: And what he can do, that's the thing, right? If they don't watch every game, if they're not paying attention, they have no idea. The excitement he brings, all this stuff. But then he's putting up numbers, Buck. It's not like he's putting up numbers, okay? You want to knock him? His on-base percentage is not great. I get it. But everything else, man, he checks the box. Big hits, power, gappers, gr- you know, great defense. He posts every day. The know, energy he brings to the team, I think, Well, is that's what big. I'm saying. Like, I, I, w- I would love to ask that guy. You're building a team and you're taking 10 other second basemen before you take Ozzy. you're not going to have a job long, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest. You're not going to have a job long. Yeah, and you look at this list. Mookie Betts, number one on the list. Al Tuve, number two. Marcus Simeon with the Rangers, number three. I could see Ozzy on my list being number three. Luis Arraz from the Marlins had a great year. He wasn't even on the list a year ago. He had the great year batting average last season. A lot led, of singles. Led the National League of in of singles. Kintel <laughs> uh, Marte, number five from the Diamondbacks. Good all-around player. There are some good second basemen when you read the uh, Here's the joke, the though. Have you ever heard of Matt
3: McClain? Who? The guy that won the um, the dunk contest. No, no. That's
2: uh, a different one. Oh, Matt McLean comes oh, in number McClung. six on the MLB Network list. He's with the Cincinnati Reds. And Matt McClain played 89 games last season in his rookie year. And he's already number six? Did he hit 80 home runs? And then you got uh, Zach uh, Geloff from the A's, number nine on the list. He played 69 games as a rookie last season. What? Howard, how do those two guys make the list? That really honestly doesn't make any sense. Totally ignorant. I mean, you lose credibility. The MLB network loses credibility with a list like this. They got
3: people like you and us and Chalini and Mino, Chuck and Chernoff, the locker room, everybody talking about this. And I wonder how much that is the focus of this, just to get clicks and people
2: talk about it. Man, I'm looking forward to Friday. We got our 2024 Chili Dip Open at Bear's Best Atlanta. It's the year's first big golf tournament, and you know what? It's sold out. You can't get in right now. Gone. And we're looking forward to being out at Bear's Best, uh, benefiting the First Tee Metro Atlanta, and uh, just so uh, happy that you guys want to be a part of it. And thanks for selling that thing out. We want to uh, say uh, give a shout out to some of the sponsors out there, Ted's Montana Grill. You got Harris Cherokee Casinos and Resorts, uh, Kroger, uh, of course Bears Best. They always put on a good show for us there. Looking forward to Friday, and I tell you what, I hope I hit more fairways.
3: Oh no! And you, uh,
2: watching the. Uh, I thought you were going to say you're spraying the driver everywhere, Buck.
3: That's Watching not the, case,
2: the PGA huh? Tour event over the weekend, Cantlay, who dominated until yesterday, Cantlay hit four fairways he yesterday,
3: absolutely fell apart. He was turning them over real hard. But you got that new
2: PXG driver, Buck. Yeah, I'm looking forward it. to hitting it too, man. <laughs> and plus, you're on uh, Gorman's team, so your score is going to be really low. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking to win. Let's talk some Falcons football. <laughs>
1: Dirty birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on the band.
2: All right, so uh, over the weekend, man, I had a chance to go back and listen to Jimmy Lake, the new defensive coordinator for the Falcons, listen to his press conference that he had last week. And, you know, the thing that got my attention is the Falcons now, under Jimmy Lake, they're going back to a 3-4 scheme, playing a uh, 3-4 defense. And I just have to shake my head at what we do defensively because there's no continuity at all. I mean, we had uh, Dean Pease, and he had the 3-4 scheme. All right, so we have Pease there for two years. Then we bring in Ryan Nielsen, and we flip it and go 4-3. We're going to go to the 4-3 scheme. And so Nielsen, I thought, did a really good job with that. We transitioned from the 3-4 to the 4-3. Then that lasts a year. And now Nielsen's out, and here comes Jimmy Lake, and we're going to transfer. We're going to flip it back to the 3-4 scheme. So, my goodness, no continuity. If you're wondering, you know, why there's this inconsistency, look at the continuity or the lack thereof as the reason why. Because you've got to make adjustments in personnel when you're going from a 4-3 to a 3-4. For instance, the base 3-4 scheme. You've got to have linebackers that can get involved in pass coverage to that two-wide receiver side. I don't think we have that right now. So here we go transitioning again defensively. And here's the one big need Now that we are going back to the 3-4 defense, here it is. This is huge. And you see the Falcons' needs on these lists if you're getting ready for the draft and you're searching around for got a lot of these lists from these writers saying, okay, here are the biggest needs for each team. And I don't see this when it comes to the Falcons, but I'm going to tell you straight up what it is. Nose tackle. You're going to play a base 3-4 on a first and 10? You better have a mammoth nose tackle. A guy that can absorb double teams. A guy that's difficult to move off the line of scrimmage. A guy that can keep gap integrity. A run stopper. And we don't have anybody like that. But I tell you, I tell you how we get one. And I'm looking at the second round of the NFL draft to get somebody in here. And you may have seen him play. If you saw the Texas Longhorns play, you saw their nose tackle, Devondre Sweat, and you were probably impressed. Six foot three, 352 pounds after a big breakfast. Huge frame. Big time player. That most likely will be available in the second round of the draft. That looks like a guy I'd be targeting if I were the Atlanta Falcons with my second-round draft pick. Because Onyemata, he didn't have the girth to play nose tackle. 17-game season. Uh, You don't want to put Grady inside, take away his effectiveness, taking on the double teams. You want those guys playing the defensive end spots. So you got, the Falcons have got to get a nose tackle. And I tell you, the guy I'd want is a kid out of Texas, hook them horns, Devondre Sweat. Looks like a perfect fit. And a perfect selection with your second round pick. And there's some Falcons talk for you today. You ready for that, DT? You weren't ready for that. No way you were thinking Blue's going to come on here and talk about the 3-4 scheme on defense.
3: Well, as we were listening on, what was that, what, Thursday? I don't remember, Thursday or Friday when we uh, the media finally met our coordinators, if you will. Uh, that was a one thing that definitely stood out. And we Around here, uh, it was later in the afternoon, it was with Colin and Brian Gephardt, and we all kind of looked at each other like, do they have the personnel to play that? Because you immediately think of Grady Jarrett. Um, fantastic defensive lineman. But he's not that straight up nose tackle. I mean, you don't we, want you, him taking on. Double you want teams a guy that's four hundred pounds if you could find it up, uh, up right there. And by the way, you need more than one of them, Buck. You know, it's not like this gun. It's not like your uh, your nose tackle plays every single snap. Obviously, you even mentioned first and ten. Uh, that's when you want that base defense in there. But that's not Grady Jarrett. That's not even David Onyemata. That's not even Calais Campbell. Um, all three of them. Sound like def- like wonderful defensive ends in a three four, and then you just need to make sure you're getting the uh, the pass rush from the outside from your uh, from your edge rushing outli- outside linebackers. That's st- still as has been since I was born um, a problem for the Falcons.
2: Yeah, let's target the kid out of Texas, man. He'd be a great fit. And then can we just let's- settle in on one scheme plays for? A handful of seasons. That would require the same uh, coaches to stick around for a while. Bob. Yeah, we don't we'll hear enough about continuity. And it's, it's hey, well, you like always hear about want it on offense. To, uh, snap their fingers, you know, and go from one thing to another. That's all I hear about on offense, though, is it's hard for a quarterback to, have, if he has, you know,
3: uh, two offensive coordinators in three years or whatever like that, but it's the same as defense. And that's even more personnel-driven. Uh, it's really hard if you have a team that's set up for a 3-4 to just shift right into a 4-3 and vice versa. Those uh, those are pretty specific uh, positions that you're dealing with up front. Yeah, need an
2: outside linebacker that can cover yes. and also another cornerback. Right? Yes, cornerback is a definite. Cornerback. I'd like challenge. to find those options in free agents. Okay. Is what I like. I'd like to find those options right there.
3: You found it. You found an, out, an outside linebacker that can rush the passer and cover. Um, I hope you're uh, ready to
2: open up your open up the checkbook on that one, Buck. Well, we should have some money available. Just saying. Unless you go for, uh, sign Kirk Cousins and pay him forty million dollars a <laughs> yeah, year to that, play quarterback, that'd eat up a lot of, that, lot of that. Coming off an Achilles injury, for right? Yeah, it is time for the Bulldog Beat.
1: The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, far like, 15 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Balloon. Presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent.
2: Go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on friend of the show, Chip Towers. We've allowed Chip to rest up coming off the football season. Chip, you thought we'd (laughs) forgotten about you, didn't you?
5: No, no. I uh, I, I knew I'd be hearing from you sooner or later. (laughs) You knew I'd be leaning on
2: you, man. Love your insight. We appreciate what you do. Uh, I love your coverage with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, a beat writer covering the Georgia Bulldogs for a long, long time. Keep up the great work, man. So we got Kirby with a job opening now, wide receiver coach. Chip, I was talking about this earlier in the show. As a matter of fact, the lead story on the show today that Brian McClendon is a guy that one day hopes to be a big-time head coach. And so the thing that was missing on his resume was uh, some NFL experience, which he's going to get now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What, what do you think about Mac leaving at this point in time?
5: Well, Buck, I did, you know, I, I always try, what do, I, what do you call the segment you open with? You know, it's today's hot take or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, the big take. Uh, the big take, yeah. I always try to uh, tune into that, and I did hear that. And, uh, you know, I thought two things. Uh, uh, one, uh, Buck is, is, is drilling down on that well, and two, what does he need me for? Uh, because because I, I agree with you. I, I, you know, a lot of people you know uh, uh how fan bases are kind of like oh my god what's going on you know first it's uh, this and then it's that and uh but uh i i think it's it's no uh, uh more difficult to discern than Brian McClendon is is uh you know looking out for his career and if you look over the his last 5 jobs Uh, in college athletics or as an offensive coordinator or a pass game coordinator or an assistant head coach. I mean, he's just – he's done all he can do um, at the highest level of college football uh, to try to break through, you know, that ceiling uh, and put himself in position to be a head coach. And probably the one – spot on his resume that might have been missing with just you know just some NFL uh talent and uh and you know I think uh, uh and what there, first there's no question that Brian wants to be uh a head coach um I I'm, I'm not a 100% sure how much of a chance he's had to really be a play caller uh and and I I don't know whether that's still possibly um uh, you know in his wheelhouse Going forward, but there's no question he can be uh, a head coach and should be a head coach in some some time. And and, uh, I would imagine, I'm not exactly, I don't know the details of how this position came open to him, but I could definitely see why he would want to take it. And so that obviously leads, um, you know, a a very important opening uh, on Georgia's staff here, just, you know, inside. Uh, a month to go to spring practice, and um uh you know that's going to be an important hire for georgia uh both from a developmental standpoint because i think uh, i I think Georgia has a very talented wide receiver core um but there's some development that still needs to be made at that position, and certainly georgia's going to have to determine real fast, and Carson back is going to have to determine uh, to be quite frank about it. Um, what that ro- rotation is going to look like. So I think that's really important as far as Georgia's spring football objectives go is sort of, you know, establishing a rotation at, at wide receiver a go-to guy. Um, Cause you just lost a couple of real go-tos, you know, in Brock Bowers and, and Ladd McConkie. And, and uh, so you got to find out, you know, who those guys are. And I think we know, who the suspects are, but, uh, uh, you know, you definitely need somebody to get, come in there and make those calls. And, and, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't think it's going to, um, I don't think they're going to dilly dally very long. I think Georgia's going to settle on somebody pretty quick here. And it's going to be interesting to see who that ends up being.
2: Yeah. And I always uh, get tickled with these lists that come out immediately on who would be the, uh, on the A list. And look, I'm no different. I had my A list, uh, earlier in the show too but there uh, there's a guy on the staff brandon streeter that would appear to be a guy that would uh, be on the list former clemson offensive coordinator and a uh, a guy that was the offensive analyst a year ago joe cox worked under mike bobo previous uh, previously at a couple of other stops he's a former georgia quarterback it would appear as though he would be qualified to take over here and then you get the fans are really excited when they're able to throw heinz ward and terrence Terrence Edwards' name out there.
5: Yeah, you know, Hines', Hines name comes up every, every time and, and, you know, for good reason, right? I mean, Hines' Ward is is uh, iconic when it comes to, uh, you know, Georgia players and certainly Georgia wide receivers. And, you know, a lot of people forget he played running back and quarterback too at Georgia and was just an unbelievable Hall of Fame player uh, in the NFL. And, obviously, at every opportunity he he likes to let people know that he would love to go to work for Kirby. Uh, and, uh, you know, and certainly Terrence Edwards, you know, the the most prolific wide receiver in Georgia history, the only thousand yard receiver in Georgia history. And uh, as you alluded to in your opening comments, you know, uh, the TE wide receiver Academy, uh, you, you know, it's become a big deal in the state. I mean, you know, a, a lot of the best players in the state go and train, uh, with him at, at his academy, but he has uh, just recently accepted a head coaching job at Mount Vernon Christian. And you know, it's not that he wouldn't leave Mount Vernon Christian. But my point—I I, I lean. Uh, I'm a little bearish, uh, I guess you could say, when it comes to Heinz Ward and Terrence Edwards, because because of this. But you know, this this is not a training ground job at Georgia anymore. Not under Kirby Smart. I mean, this is a, you know, have your sleeves already rolled up and be ready to go to war. And that's whether it's on the field or on the recruiting ground or in the NIL game. It's not a learn on the job situation. And that's why I certainly, um, you know, lean a little bit more. And now it's Kirby's interesting on these things. He's like any other head coach uh, or administrator, for that matter, in, in, in athletics. Josh Brooks. Uh, up there on the fourth floor of the bus mayor building he's got a file uh digital or 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 uh or paper that that he keeps um it, it, you know for all of the positions uh under him all of the head coaches and same thing with kirby smart um you, you know his tentacles uh have incredible reach of experience um but it's not always that way if you look at some of his hires you know fran brown i you know i gotta admit you know i didn't I can see that one coming. It's a great hire. Uh, and he's already gone and, and, and is a head coach himself now. Uh, so there could be somebody out there. Uh, there's always like your home run hire, right? I, I think, uh, uh this Holman Wiggins, it's at, at, at Texas A&M just left Alabama, went to A&M. That's a guy like that. Now I don't know. I don't know if you can afford him. He's probably making a million dollars a year, um, just arriving at Texas A&M, but you know uh you you would you would definitely probably make a call to that guy uh but i think somebody like brandon streeter um is a really good fit i mean you gotta think he's already in the building he already knows the personnel he's already working uh as an offensive analyst and in the and he's already working with mike bobo uh he's been at clemson at clemson you know he was at not only a uh a great offensive coordinator for Dabo Swinney, but people forget. I mean, he was intimately involved in the recruitment of Trevor Lawrence and, and, and the, the state of Georgia overall. And let me tell you, man, uh, you know, 2025, 2026 20, are really big years. I'm not a big recruiting guy, but I understand in the state of Georgia, 25 and 26 are – particularly strong uh, and particularly at this, you know, at the offensive skill position. So, um, you know, he's, he's intimately involved with all those kind of details. He's already in the building. His family already lives here. Um, So I would look real hard at Brandon Streeter. And I don't think you'll see Georgia um, carry this out too long. You know, like I said, I mean, you you always want to reach out and see if somebody like Wiggins or, or some other, uh, you know, home run hire is out there for the making. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to make sure that, uh, y- you know, the momentum that you've established over these last five years, you can keep that rolling. So, Chip, how does this work? Do you call Kirby or does Kirby call you? <laughs> Kirby usually calls me uh, when one of these things came open. Uh, you know, was, no, I'm talking about these just- guys that want the job. Oh, well, you know, uh, the guys that want the job. uh, You know, I remember it's it's gone all kinds of different ways. I remember when Matt Luke was hired as an offensive line coach, uh, I think uh, think the previous coach left uh, on – Sam Pittman left on Saturday, and I think he was on the road recruiting like Monday or Tuesday – um, after that, and I talked to Matt Luke uh, pretty quickly in that whole operation. But uh, um, yeah, you know, generally on these kind of things, you 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 just wait and see how it 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 uh, turns out, and then you uh, it, you know kind of kind of size it up. Chip, quickly, what's wrong with the men's basketball team? Well, you know, uh, a lot, but it kind of boils down to interior offense and defensive. Uh, deficiency, you know, the, the the post game offensively and defensively is just weak, uh, and, and that's been exposed in SEC play. Uh, you know, it's just a players thing, and um, you know, I, I, I you definitely could sense this from Mike White's uh, post game press conference uh, after losing to Florida, blowing another lead. I say blowing a lead. It's, you know, they led by uh, 11 or 14 or whatever it is. just like they have everybody in the first half. I mean, they've established big leads or either been back down big in all the games they play, but there's been one half or another where they just get exposed. And, you know, Russell Chiwa is their primary, uh, you know, post player this past game was really weird because Georgia actually planned to go uh, with two bigs against Florida and um, Dylan James, who was going to be a big part of their game plan, as I understand it, gets poked in the eye and plays one minute. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just your resident poke and put some vising in. I mean, he got poked really bad. He didn't play again. And, um, uh, you know, so that put Georgia with you know three guys they could go to in the interior post. So you got to beef that up. But the complication in this day and age is you know, Russell Chiwa is a graduate transfer, he's gone. Um, so is Frank Anselm. Uh, you, you certainly think you're going to get better there with Ace Newell, the five star signee, um, coming in. And I know they'll bring some other guys, but, um, you know, getting better quick. Uh, is probably going to have to come out of the transport portal. And I have no idea, you know, who those possibilities are beyond this season. Right now, man, they're just trying to – they're heading up to Vanderbilt tonight. Um, They'll have a game tomorrow night. And um, that's a winnable road game. And, man, they desperately need it because just – I get the sense, you know, just overall that that, uh, there's – I don't want to say give up, but, you know, there's definitely – doubt has creeped into the locker room and uh you, you don't want that when you got to play this difficult stretch uh in an sec tournament you don't want to lose them all right you, you you need to get some some positive uh uh reinforcement here in the next couple of weeks and they have a chance to tomorrow night and they really need to great insight chip we appreciate you coming on man all right take care chip tower has
2: joined us on the hobson and hobson newsmaker line More to come on the Buck Blue Show coming up next here on The Fan.
0: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.
4: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
2: Blue show here on the fan. We appreciate you, man, listening to the show. Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, trying to fit it all in. Like the top five, we ready? The best in college football
1: and the NFL. Five, five,
2: four, four, three, three, two.
1: top five presented by your locally owned and operated
2: ace hardware find
1: your neighborhood store at AceHardware.com.
2: all right let's roll yeah man let's go what was the worst performance this past weekend uh the nba all-star game what was it 211 to 186 Uh, this is a joke uh it looks like a track meet two fouls in the entire game two so no defense. It's just a bunch of guys just sort of, you know, jogging up and down the court. I say, pay them. Let's go back to the good old days. All right. What's the opposite of that? What was the best performance over the weekend? You know, I thought uh, it's been. I saw some criticism out there, but I I like the halftime show at the NBA All Star Game. Jennifer Hudson had a uh, three song performance, three song set, and I, I just always love that song. I got this that she sang there at halftime. World-class voice, classy. I give it the thumbs up, man. Best performance I saw this weekend. Other than Hideki Matsuyama, who shot 62 on Sunday in that L.A. Open. That was very impressive. All right, you talked Falcons a little bit earlier, but give me your Falcons best case draft scenario. The Patriots trade for Justin Fields before the draft gets underway. Patriots trade with the Bears and get Justin Fields. And then they've got the they've got the third pick of the draft, and they don't need a quarterback, so they take the best player available, Marvin Harrison Jr. Then the Falcons trade up with the Phoenix Cardinals for the fourth pick, and they're able to get Jaden Daniels. You are big on Jaden Daniels. That's I'm sure. telling you, that is the best case scenario right there. Who is your dummy of the week? Uh, I would go uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred for this MLB uniform debacle. He goes cheap on something the players place a high priority on. It was weak. It was lame. It's unforgivable. And now he's trying to catch up. He's saying that the players now will get measured for the custom fit during spring training. What a joke Rob Manfred is. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be a popular uh, commish, that's for sure. All right, wrapping up the top five, what is the best news coming out of Braves camp so far this spring training? Well, it's good news for the Braves, and it's bad news for Major League Baseball hitters. Spencer Strider has added a curveball to his repertoire. Got something else to deal with now. Strider, you the man. Woo! Time for the final
1: word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955.
2: All right, Bucks Beat Podcast, podcast episode 94. It's a Brave Spring Training preview. And my guest is Jeff Francoeur. I want to invite you to check that out wherever you get your podcast get ready for Braves Baseball. It's going to do it for my show today. Appreciate you listening. Let's do it again tomorrow. Nick and Chris coming up live from Braves camp coming up next. Stay tuned right here on the fan. This is a 680 the
1: fan podcast to hear more live and local sports content like this. Tune into 680 AM or 937 FM or download the fan app.
0: This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down.